Welcome to another episode of our mini podcast, I Built a Company That Makes a Difference by B1. Here we talk to founders of sustainable businesses to get their takes on how and why they started their companies and some of the lessons that they've learned along the way. Today, we've got Dina and Stuart Young, the co-founders of 5 Design, the makers of eco-friendly furniture designed to last. Dina and Stuart, thank you very much for coming on our show and chatting with us. You guys have a wealth of information, especially because you're in the the launch phase and everything is really fresh and you're living it right now. So thank you very much for coming on our show. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much. Really excited to be here. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Can we start by just hearing a little bit about yourselves, Dina and Stuart, and your backgrounds and how we got to today? Um, Do you want to start? Sure. So uh, first of all, I'm, I'm I'm a proud U.S. Navy veteran. I'm all out of the service almost 30 years now. Uh, we, we've been in business uh, for over 20 years, doing uh, custom cabinetry and architectural millwork. And uh, we've we took the opportunity during the uh, the pandemic to pivot our business. We pivoted uh, first into um, uh, clear protection barriers, and then pivoted that into wood furniture. The um, I would say I'll go into the the, uh, the the first pivot into clear protection barriers. We um, uh, when when we were in the shutdown mode of the government says you have to stay home. Uh, I, I was uh, compelled not to stay home and continue to work. And I designed a um, a line of clear protection barriers that we sneeze guards uh-huh. that. Um, we brought to market uh, very rapidly. Our 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 first uh, our first hurdle with that in that pivot was um, we couldn't source any any hardware. So I was challenged with um, how do I make these things and not put them together without any hardware. And that's when like my big aha moment was like why is life so challenging? Why is everything so difficult to make and, and put together? And then I realized like. You know, I just broke down putting things together to their most simple form, and I put these clear sneeze guards together with uh, a joinery system that I that I designed, and it's and it's and it's now patented. Oh, that was going to be my question. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, we just received our first patent a couple months ago. Um, so we're patented in the United States, and uh, our, our designs are registered internationally. So really, I mean, that first pivot really came out of um, necessity because, and we had pivoted prior because, you know, as small business owners, that's what happens when nature affects the economy. And so um, we had to pivot because of the pandemic, because all of our cabinetry and millwork projects had been put on hold. Our customers didn't want us coming into their homes and their businesses to finish out projects at that point in time. So, you know, Stuart's been a lifelong woodworker and just um, prop overall problem solver, I would say. A background is in accounting and finance. And so as a husband and wife team, we just kind of put our heads together and, um, like Stuart said, pivoted into these sneeze guards, which he was able to design pretty quickly. But um, we knew that that was never our end game. We knew that we weren't going to permanently be moving into the plastics industry. It was really just survival at that point. Correct. So how we transitioned into the wood, I would say. Oh, so so um, so we serviced. Uh, I mean, there was just a need, you know, and that's like, uh, you know, the number one thing, you know, find out what people need and then and, and give them what they need. Um, and we saw the need 
the very large need. In, right here in our community. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, how did we launch? How did we, you know, this was, this goes back to, you know, 101, um, go to people you know. So, you know, we sold these clear barriers very fast and, 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 um, and a lot of them. And it's because we went to our uh, existing customers right. and we just had something different to offer them and they needed it. Uh, and then we also branched out um, and serviced a lot of people that we did not already have a business relationship with. And we did that really. I mean, it was a very grassroots effort. Um, I mean, we we do here what we like to what I like to call guerrilla marketing. We we work always on a very small marketing budget and everything is, you know, how can we achieve the greatest reach to the most number of people for the smallest number of dollars? And so, you know, we did that by a lot of, you know, social media outreach, um, making connections on LinkedIn was very valuable. We got one of our biggest clients that way by networking through LinkedIn and just, you know, asking people who were happy with our product to please spread the word so that we could help more people during that difficult time. And then how did you guys go from that, which is was so timely? It is amazing that you were able to spin up a business so quickly with the skills that you have, something that was so, so timely for that period. How did you say, all right, now we're going to pivot again or transition into um, furniture? So I think it's really important to note that that initial pivot to the plastic was actually quite easy for us, even though we had these supply chain issues we were experiencing because we were already in the industry of making things, um, our shop here in Massachusetts was already outfitted with CNC automated machinery. And so um, Stuart had previously worked with this plastic material, acrylic and polycarbonate on some commercial cabinetry projects. And so we had that material here on hand in our shop, a small amount of it at least. So we were able to do all of our own prototyping and that's how we got the plastic out there so quickly because we already had that that machinery in place and and we were familiar with the materials. But I'll let you tell the story about how we transitioned to the wood. The uh, uh, the transition into wood. So so we know we knew right out of the from the beginning that plastic was not our life change. It was just immediate. Um, so I uh, it was uh, it was our best year in business and it it, it got to the uh, um, Got to a point that um, we self-reflected when COVID started, and we took an, a, a, another opportunity towards the end of the year to to do that again. And I, given that it was our best year in business, I felt a, like a strong um, uh, desire to like give back. And there were some people on the internet doing um, uh uh, making desks for, for for children that didn't have desks, and I I just really I wanted to take part in that. So I wanted to make a piece of furniture that had um, you know these attributes that I already designed in the clear protections barriers. I wanted to make a desk that was uh, adjustable in height and that I can also flat pack for easy shipping. For easy shipping, yeah, and. Um, I struggled with the design for a short period of time, and Dina suggested that I use the joinery that I designed for the clear barriers and apply it to wood. And once I did that, that's when we had 
the aha moment again and realize that, you know, putting wood products together is as simple as putting the plastic together. And it really, it, it really didn't require any tools or hardware to do so. I, I spent the last 20 years teaching employees how to build really complex things. And, you know, with uh, with with all kinds of fasteners and glues and, and screws, you know, and I started thinking, like, why do we need all that? And you really don't with this joinery. Everything goes together with no tools and no hardware. But I think it was the timing also that really, like, I mean, during the pandemic, I mean, we took the time as a family. So we ha- so we are kind of a family-run business. We do have two teenage boys that help out here. Also. Um I would say that we like really kind of like simplified things during that period of time. And so that's where this um, this idea of this desk kind of like, I mean, it's, you know, it's designed in a very um, unique aesthetic, but it's also like the greater good of the product is its functionality. Mm. So, you know, I know we were hearing a lot of stories from friends and experiencing ourselves about how everybody's homes during the pandemic had turned into their their offices and their classrooms for their children and the kitchen table and the dining table were now the desks for the kids and and you know things got a little crazy where you know people were feeling like they wanted to regain their home during this time of chaos and so one of the um, inspirations for this desk also was that by giving people a product that they easily assemble and disassemble. I mean, literally within a minute, they could regain their living room on the weekends and make it their home again because the the children could flat pack, come apart, and they could stow it under a couch or under the bed. And now your living room or your bedroom is not your classroom or your office on the weekends. So that was kind of like another um another way that the product gives back to the consumer, I would say. Yes. But, but, and, and, and also like, um, this is, this is really kind of neat. Um, when we filed the, the, the patents on a, on a joinery system, we coined it the infinity joinery system. And we coined it that because number one, it can be assembled in an X, Y, and Z direction for infinite. Okay. And then also there's infinite, um, number of uh configurations and 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 one include one is that uh with our one table and a couple accessories three people can use the one the one table and you know you 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 can link another table onto it and, and adjust the height and now you have a sitting and standing workstation so you know the the the, the whole uh versatility of it you know doesn't restrict the user to this one time piece of furniture that you know like like typical furniture is disposable i was when the pandemic started you know i i was really moved um you know because i I just you know as i said self-reflected and started looking at like you know the projects that i've done over the years and like you know, I, I built a house once, and when we were done, the the customer asked us to turn to tear it down, and it's absolutely ins- it's correct. It's insane. As soon and as I started, you finished, like, you were asked to to take it down. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, sounds yeah. cool. It was you know a, a house uh, uh, on a private golf course, and um, we literally were putting the roof on, and um, they didn't like it, and they asked us to tear it down. Um, 
you know, so I, I went through this career of like everything being disposable mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of waste, a lot of waste. And I'm, you know, and, and I just, I just got moved, like, like really moved by, you know, this, this, this self-reflection and, you know, and when I went into this, this piece of furniture, I, I you know, I didn't want to waste anything because, you know, I, I, I like I valued where the material came from and how it came to me. And, and, you know, and I started making, designing this piece of furniture and, and then I'm, and I realized that like, um, I had off cuts. I wanted to, I wanted to make this, this one thing, but then I realized I have all these off cuts of, of material. And I said, well, what can I do with this off cut? And, and then I realized, well, I can reshape it to, to make it as an accessory for the furniture and then i said wow now i have an accessory i can do this and and now i make another accessory you know and then we had more more off cuts that we turned in smaller off cuts that we that we turned into a line of wine racks that we sell so yeah so which with the um the, the 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 mission was to go as close to zero waste as we can okay. with, the, with this material. You know, we're buying this material. It's it's coming all the way to us, and now we're cutting it up. And you know, if we don't use it, it's getting thrown out. It just doesn't make sense. Okay. So you know, the um, the one piece of furniture turned in, into another one, and now we have a whole line. It's it's absolutely insane. <laughs> but, um, you know, we had to like put, we had to stop designing stuff because, you know, we just focus on a core group. And that's a very important thing too, to, you know, is like, you know, yeah, but, but it's also like, it's, it's easy to design stuff and make stuff. The challenge is selling the stuff. Right. So, so, so that's, that, that's the, that's, that's where you have to, learn all kinds of new skill sets like set and this is a different kind of sales like this it's is really different because our previous you know type of work with cabinetry you know was uh, a lot of word of mouth when it was on the residential side but when we did commercial projects it was all just you know bidding work and so now one of those one of the toughest things that we're learning is selling a product um it's very different than seeing you know, our previous business really was selling a service, a service of making a customized product um, where somebody else was designing it and picking the, the finishes and all that stuff. And we were just executing that project. Now we've we've got this line of care and we're exploring so many different ways to possibly sell it and distribute it. I, I had uh, a fellow come to me uh, a few weeks ago. And he had this piece of this this designed fur- a piece of uh, furniture that he had designed, and he wants to bring it to market. And you know, I told him I, I could you know I could take his design and make it you know flat packable and 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 help him bring it to market. Um, but I told him just sell it first, make just sell it, just get it sold. Let the customer tell you what what they want. So just for our, our kind of entrepreneur. Um, audience members out there, why did you tell him that? What was important about him going to get market feedback first before he starts production? Because the, I made those mistakes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I built a line of furniture without selling it, and now we have to go and, and sell it. And you know, and 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 it's because of like our nature of, of makers. 
you know, we we go we get into like you know the the the, the rhythm of just making and making and making and you know like it should be sold first and let the customer tell you what they want. You know, how have you guys upskilled yourselves in the past year or since you started this project to be able to say, okay, now this is a totally different thing, totally different product, different channels, different ways to reach customers. How, what, how have you guys upskilled yourself and, and acquire some of that knowledge? I mean, it's been a little bit of a winding road, to be honest with you. One of the most important things that I would say is um, asking questions and looking for mentors. That's something that we had not really done in our previous business because we, we kind of knew what we were doing. Um, yeah, I mean, with this, you know, when you come from the world of cabinetry and you go to the world of furniture, like there's nothing the same. Like you're entering a whole new industry. And um, I mean, very early on, we threw ourselves in and tried to meet as many people in the furniture furniture industry that we could. So, you know, seasoned salespeople, um, people from other companies that have um, grown a business and succeeded at doing it, um, you know, people who have all different backgrounds of, of marketing and business and sales. And, you know, some of them have given us good advice and some really led us on roads that, you know, um, were not the best advice and took us for a side trip. But I mean, I think, you know, um, we're not afraid to admit that we don't know a lot to learn. And I think that's been a really humbling experience to be able to say like, Hey, we're, we're entering a new industry. We're entering a new venture. And we, we know that we have a lot to learn. So, I mean, I think asking questions and finding those people who, um, you know, can really kind of give you some solid advice and lead you down the right direction has been very helpful for us. So for me, I don't, I, I, I don't stop reading. I study, um, you know, a lot of self-help books and a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, early, you know, business people, you know, that, um, that, uh, you know, have done this before. And that's, you know, um, one thing that, you know, you have to surround your, yourself with people that, that, that have been successful in what, you want to do and i've surrounded myself with with books because i have not found um you know a, a pool of people that that have been successful in what we're trying to do that want to embrace you there's a, a lot of people and remember this there's a lot of people that want to put their hands in your pockets so yeah, for sure if you you know, so so it's it, it's a it's it's a really big challenge. So I I, I you know I took to studying books. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know Henry Ford is the, the you know the reason why you know the, the, his, it was such such a success is because you know he he built you know the the least expensive car and you know and he brought it to to, to the market. But um, you know, so how do we how do we you know provide the least expensive piece of furniture that you know, it's for the masses, you know, it's, it's very challenging. Where are you guys at right now? You've got product, you've got inventory, and now you're, you've got a website and you can order on the website, right? Are you at a launch phase? Are you, have you launched just recently? Where are you guys in the, in the journey? So we've spent, um, we've spent the last year doing a lot of trade shows and um, we were working what we could get our stuff into 
So we've, that's okay. We've spent the last year doing a lot of trade shows and traveling around and kind of sharing our products with people. And we um, were led to believe that we were going to be able to get into, you know, brick and mortar retail stores pretty easily. And that's proven to be a lot more challenging than we had hoped. And so, um, you know, for various reasons related to the economy and supply chain issues um, and people's reluctance just to try out a new product has been a really tough thing. But um, so, I mean, we're we're selling and we're selling through our website um, and we are talking with a couple of um, e-commerce platforms as well to find other e-commerce platforms to put our products on. But, you know, I mean, our biggest kind of um, we're really we're really learning that we need to put more time into social media and building our our brand and our tribe there and really getting like followers that can help spread the good word about our products. So that's kind of, um, that's the phase that we're really going into now and spending some serious time, um, you know, learning more about social media and how to um, leverage that. Exactly. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, especially D2C products, direct to consumer products, that's a whole new ballgame. And I've spent a lot of my life in B2B and moving relatively recently, a couple years ago, into D, uh, B2C, especially on the retail side, direct-to-consumer, it is a whole new world. It is a whole new world in terms of marketing, customer acquisition, the customer experience, channels, where to find people, even just payments. It's a it's a new world. It's a, yeah, it's a lot. And good for you guys for jumping into that. That is exciting slash daunting. It is, you know, but the the thing with our product, um, and I don't know if our you know listeners have seen our product yet, but our product is a very demonstrable product, right? So demonstrating is what really gets people to be like, "Wow, that's really cool." And so, you know, as we explore that road of trying to get into brick and mortar stores, you know, Stuart and I quickly realized that a salesperson in a furniture store is not going to take our piece of furniture apart and put it back together to demonstrate for a, a customer. And so then we thought, okay, we can do that through video at like, um, you know, like a point of service kiosk. Um, but we just didn't get there. So for us, you know, for us being out and getting out in front of people is definitely the best um, way for us to spread the word right now. And then it's also through video because we have to show people how this works because, you know, a lot of people, well, there's a couple of things. The, the first challenge that we have is that, you know, this is a modular furniture system. And so a lot of the times people hear modular and they, they naturally equate that with low quality. Mm. Um, whereas our furniture is made really of very high quality mm -hmm. um, materials with birch. And on top of that, they think of, you know, it's going to wiggle, it's going to break. Um, where we have no hardware putting our furniture together, there is no wiggle and there's nothing to break. So like you could literally take a piece of furniture apart that we make a hundred or a thousand times over and there's no glue joints, there's no hardware that's going to break. And so for us, it's really been kind of a consumer education that we're doing in these early phases because our furniture is almost a little bit ahead of its time. 
And so we're we're trying to educate consumers on the difference between typical modular furniture and our modular furniture. Um, and also a big part of it is sharing our sustainability story because, I mean, that is a big piece of our design, the function of the furniture, and why we do what we're doing because we wanted to, right from the onset, we wanted to create furniture that does not need to end up in a landfill because yeah. that is just, that's a huge problem right now is, you know, a lot of furniture is built with a short lifespan and people unfortunately have no problem tossing it to the curb and not following that process of thought all the way to the end to realize that it's going to be standing in a landfill for many, many years to come. So uh, I'd just like to add to that. So when, when I when I started the, the design of this furniture, I approached it that I wanted to have the least amount of SKUs as possible. And um, one of the one of the one of the things uh, and, and universal parts. So you can take you can put multiple things together and build. Some people equate it. So they they call it the Legos for adults. I I to, looking at the furniture I, that makes complete sense to me. <laughs> so so I you know approaches like how do I keep my SKUs down you know for manufacturing and you know all other you know reasons and you know how do I make all these universal parts that that you can build different things and you know it it came down to like uh, you know a mathematic equation mm-hmm. like you know the, the 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 joinery how it goes together and. And and um, and and then also like um, the use. One of the first things I did was I made sure that I was uh, compliant with ADA, uh, the American Disabilities Act. Ah. Um, this, yes, yes, yes. So so you can our our furniture the it's adjustable in height. So you can have somebody, you know, in, in a wheelchair, you know, and then a child in a wheelchair can use it. Mm-hmm. And um, that was one of the first things out of the gate. And, um, you know, and I, I came up with these 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 parts, these furniture parts that like you could make a, you know, a, a, a short person or, you know, can mm-hmm. use it. Our desk is adjustable in height in, in five inch in- increments. Mm-hmm. Starting at uh, you know uh, 25 inches for a child's desk, then it goes to 30 inches, which is a standard desk height, and then 35 for standing. But in addition to that, we have additional accessories that can allow you to go up another 10 inches. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's really neat. And you know, and that's another like, base product, the montage. You know, and I'm 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 short. I stand five one, and you know. And one thing that I realized through this whole process was that, like, I've been forced to sit at a table, you know, that is ergonomically not correct for me. So I lower my table down from, you know, from from 30 to to, to 25 inches, and I realize how comfortable it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I wanted to service big people, short people, it doesn't matter. I wanted to service everybody with this piece of furniture, and that's what it does. Just when I first saw the furniture, I thought, oh my gosh, like I, I, I live in London, I live in an apartment and I also have a kid and just so much stuff. When you were talking about uh, COVID and the absolute chaos for parents that happened, like complete chaos, especially if you, for all parents, but if you had school age kids and I mean, I remember being on video calls with some of my team and it was just madness at their house, like stuffed animals flying, you know, trying to keep kids 
just it, paying attention to anything. And I think in, in even in my house, if I had modular furniture, uh, anything for my daughter, I could break down, if I could break down everything in her room, oh my gosh, that would change everything. Like anybody living in a, in an, in a, any urban center, that's one use case. There's so many use cases for this furniture, which is really, really cool. Um, but I was, you know, of course, thinking closest to home and myself, <laughs> gosh, if I could flatten all of my daughter's furniture and put it away under the bed behind the cabinet, that would be amazing. That would change a lot. So, so to, to, to take it, thank you for those compliments. To take it back another step too is like on typical furniture, if you break something, the whole thing's garbage. Okay. We, we, you know, I wanted to give a lifetime warranty. My lawyer said not to. <laughs> but um, like if something got damaged on our furniture, you can replace one part. That is that is amazing. Correct. And 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 like right out of the gate, too, I made sure that I figured out a design that I was a hundred percent happy with that I wasn't gonna change so mm-hmm. that people can do that. Mm-hmm. And you know what that also did that that also opened up the gate to like our our our, our core piece of furniture is called our mod five. But what if you put a bottom shelf on that, then you have you know like a a a, a bar cart or a different or or, or a hutch or you know, you know even put a a bottom shelf and a butcher block top on it. Mm-hmm. Now you have a kitchen island. Mm-hmm. So you have this core building block that. When your daughter's done with her desk, mm-hmm. you could just go and order a different part. So things the function of the table. Correct. And it's a new piece of that's really cool. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, I mean the, the premise of the design really is multifunctional pieces that adapt as your space or needs change over time. So, you know, um young growing families, like it sounds like you are you know, and small space living. I mean, a lot of people are downsizing today. And so, you know, they need pieces of furniture that serve multiple purposes. Um, So maybe use it as a work from home desk, but then maybe in the evenings, it becomes your hobby table, or maybe it's a small dining table, or like Stuart said, with a couple of different accessories, you can entertain with it and, and it morphs into a bar cart. And so that's kind of the idea is that um, instead of this piece of furniture ending up at the curb and ultimately in a landfill, you can add different accessories if you move to a different home or if something changes in your life conditions, you can accessorize it differently. And now you have a almost a brand new piece of furniture that serves a new function for you for its next useful life. I really and, like that idea. In, in, in addition, like, uh, you know, we have dining tables. And we have a, you know, a square, you know, 30 by 30 uh, dining table. And um, since the beginning of time, uh, furniture designers put leaves inside the, 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 the center of the table. Okay. We took, we put the leaves on the outside of the table with extension brackets. So when you have, if you have guests over, you need more space, you just pop the extension on. And then if you, you know, if you have a large gathering, you can link two tables together. Very cool. Super functional. And what I love is that you guys have, obviously, there's a lot of forethought that went into it to make it a piece of furniture that stays with you functionally for forever. For, you know, there's, 
that's that's really on brand for us at, at B1. That's very, very cool. Can we talk about, we, we at the end, to close these conversations, we have, I like to call them rapid fire, but the questions are not yes or no. So it's not often rapid, as in, it's just same questions that we ask everybody um, that for the, our entrepreneurs and our aspiring entrepreneurs, just to have a little peek behind like what, what actually goes on. So 2023, now we're in Q4 of 2023. Did this year go as you expected it to with regards to your business? So <laughs> no, so, no it, it, it didn't. Um, but, you know, we, we learned a lot. Um, we, you know, um, we were able to, because, uh, you know, again, like, you know, we, we pivoted again. We pivoted out of the... Trying to settle the brick and mortar. Yeah, the wholesale. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when 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 we would go, when we was trying to sell wholesale, everybody kept saying that we have to lower our price. And it was because everybody, did, all of a sudden there's five, six, seven, eight layers of people who you need know, a certain percentage skimming off the top, you know. So, so, uh, so we we got away from that whole wholesale, you know, which I, you know, we thought that we were going to be selling in stores at, in, this, in, in stores at this point, mm-hmm. and we're not. Um, so, you know, we've pivoted again. Um, so I would say, in short, no, in, but <laughs> in, in short, no, but but like we've not, like we know where we have to be now. There, and it's so great. rare that I talked to an entrepreneur that was like, yes, for a, an entire 12 month period, everything has gone to plan. That's that's never the case. And for the folks out there listening who are about to launch a business, just keep that in mind for a 12 month period. I mean, for me, it's like in this three month period, in this quarter, did things go to plan? And you think, well, no, someday they will, but for a whole three months, no, no, things yeah. didn't go to plan. Uh, but yeah. yeah it's- I mean, it's so, it's so important. I think, I mean, we, we, um, our mantra is relentless persistence. And so, you know, we just, we get up every day and we just keep going. But I think it's important to know that you have to be nimble and flexible in that time as well. So, you know, we still have our relentless persistence to get this furniture into every house that we can possibly get into. But, you know, we know that we have to be very flexible along the way and, you know, adapt as the conditions around us require us to. So was that your biggest challenge in in 2023 is pivoting away from the distribution route that you thought that you were going to be pursuing? Yeah, I would say so and I mean the other, you know, the other biggest challenge that we've had with this entire venture um and I think you said it earlier is that there are so many different people and and demographics that can benefit from this furniture. So like really narrowing down our avatar customer has been another thing that we've been really drilling down on. Um, we still have a couple of different ideas of different ways that we want to take this, like um, getting it into schools and universities. Like so many people look at our furniture and say, you should be selling this to every college out there. Um, so like we're still looking at different avenues, but we've really drilled down that our avatar is, you know, those um, younger generation growing families that need something that they can buy and know that they're investing into a good piece of furniture, but it's going to be able to serve multiple functions and lives for them over the course of the time that it's with them. So then what was the most exciting thing that happened this year? Uh, well, we have a big announcement today. We're putting out a press release um, probably right after this recording. We've just been recognized by 
National Wildlife Federation and Sustainable Furnishings Council, we received the um, we tied for the top score on the wood furniture scorecard. Okay. So what they yeah, it's pretty exciting. So every year uh, for the last, I think this is their fifth or sixth year doing it, they rank furniture companies based on their wood sourcing policies and um, dedication to sustainability. So we um, are releasing that this afternoon. Congratulations. Thank you. Nice. All right. Well, what do you think? I'm going to ask some questions about now, not just this year, but for everything since you started. What do you feel like has been your biggest success to date? Oh, I'll uh, let you answer that. One of well, one of the biggest successes was uh, stepping away from like uh, the continuing of designing mm. and, and 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 making because that's like you know that's that's a big like interpersonal thing that like you know I had to you know overcome and you know and we both had to like you know we we both had to not overcome it because. You know, we have furniture, you know, that we painted a certain color because, you know, we liked it, but, you know, we didn't have any market research that would accept that color, mm-hmm. you know. So so I think that was the, you know, one, one of the biggest things in, in you know. You're yeah, kind of putting the brakes on some stuff and saying like, okay, we have a ton of good ideas and he's got a whole notebook full of different designs that he still wants to bring to market. But like having that like moment of like, okay, wait, we got to put the brakes on and we have to like, we have to get out there what we have, our kind of core um, pieces, and then we can keep bringing more things to market. So that was a really tough thing to do. But I think in, in retrospect, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's, that's a success. It's a win to make that decision. Yeah. There's, there's like, we have stuff, we have furniture in our showroom. Um, it's not on the website. We have bed frames that all modular flaps, you know, uh, um, flat pack, we have bookcases. I mean, it's, it's just a whole line. We, I even designed a, uh, a line of conventional cabinetry that's all closed that all flat packs. And that was, uh, you know, I, I did it to conceal stuff at a trade show. Um, but we subsequently learned that you know it, it, it's, it would be taking very well in uh, in Europe yeah. because uh-huh. of, you know when uh, we, we've learned that uh, when you when you rent a flat in Europe you rent walls. Yes, and, I know, learned. I used to live in France, and that was a surprise to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you take your kitchen with you. That's uh, yeah. a surprise. So, so we have kitchen cabinets that are ready to go to Europe that all flat back and go together with no tools and hardware. That is cool. But we just can't spread ourselves that thin yeah. right now. So. Yeah, sure. I get, I get that. Okay. On the flip side of that, however you define it, what would you consider to be your biggest failure to date? Listening to other people. Mm. Listening to the wrong other people, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think when you, I mean, I said earlier that, you know, learning to take, um, advice from mentors was, I mean, for us, that was a big hurdle, but at the same, at the, on the other side of that coin, we also learned that not everybody who's willing to give advice is giving you the right advice. Yeah, we're qualified. Um, You know, maybe sometimes the advice is selfish on their part, or maybe it's just not as um, experienced as, you know, you think it is. And so now we, I would say that we have, we still seek advice, but I think we um, 
take it with a grain of salt and we, you know, really kind of analyze that advice before we go and act on it as opposed to just saying, oh, you know, Bob must know what he's talking about. Like, let's do what he says. You know, we really kind of analyze it and see if it's the right, really the right valid advice for us. So yeah, that's one thing for that I hear a lot with entrepreneurs because in in by nature, entrepreneurs are innovative, open-minded. They want to move quickly. They want to learn from, you know, what people have done before. And so by nature, entrepreneurs are like that. And it's, it's yeah, scrutinizing the quality of the information that you're getting or the qualifications of the person who's giving it. That's something that I hear right. really often from entrepreneurs. Yeah. And what about the most important lesson you feel that you've learned today? You guys have talked about a lot of really important learnings. What do you think maybe is one of the most important ones that you've learned for going forward? Um, when to stop spending money. Mm. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> yeah, that's super valid yeah. for new ventures. And right. this is one that we ask everybody, if you could get, normally we talk about, you know, in, in terms of sustainability, uh, environmental impact, if you could get 85% of the world to adopt a single behavior, what would that be? To buy our furniture. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously to to use our furniture, but I mean, I think the the deeper message is to really um, look at um, waste and consumption and disposability of things that we use in our everyday lives, because you know, there's there's just the the growing landfills are just a really big problem that we see. Um, you know, and and the furniture industry con- contributes to that, but so does so does the everyday consumable life. And and I think um, you know we've personally, I'm not going to say that we're perfect. I mean, we still you know we'll drink a bottle of water out of a plastic bottle here and there, but like you know, really be mindful of what you're what you're consuming and what you're using and where it's going after you're done with it. I think is really important. Yes. So this this mission that we're on. And this furniture was in us before we 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 got on this mission. We we so we uh, we went to school in Boston. It's it, it's college capital of the world, and you know every every September the the, the streets are filled with disposable furniture, and it's it, it's it's to the point that the city puts out dumpsters. Puts so out, that, yeah, so they the, kind of help facilitate the the. Disposal of it. Yeah, and and you know we grew, you know we, we went to school in Boston, and we were we were part of that. And you know I just didn't want our furniture to be part of that, mm. contributing to that, right? Yeah. And then lastly, can you give us a plug for where we can find you, your showroom, and online and social? Where can we find you? Oh, that's great. So our website is fiveodesign.com. So fiveo is f i v o design.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram at 50 underscore design. And our showroom is here in Andover, Massachusetts. Nice. Dean and Stuart, thank you so much for talking to us about 50 design. I really like your product. I really like the design of it, the patent. Like it, I think that's a very apt description, Legos for adults, for furniture. And it's so functional. We only have people on here. We only talk to people who we've looked at their stuff and, and, you know, kind of vetted them. And we actually like what they're doing. So we can come on and talk enthusiastically about what we're seeing. And you're, you know, I've not seen anything like this. This is really unique. 
So all of the success, congr- huge congratulations on the award that you just won as well. Um, we'll thank make you. sure that we'll link that uh, to our community as well. So thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Right, thank you so much, Amber.